before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. This episode of the Hog Football Podcast is brought to you by Just Play. I'm sure most of you have heard of Just Play, but if you haven't, Just Play is it. It is the absolute best playbook tool out there. My favorite part about the Just Play diagram tool is that I can zoom in and get super detailed with our blocking and protection schemes. I can then save those schemes as favorites to use over and over again. Seriously, coaches, Just Play is a must-have for all head coaches, coordinators, and line coaches. Just Play has a new and exclusive offer for Hog Football Podcast listeners. Get My Just Play Pro for only $99. That's $81 off the normal price. Get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash HogFB. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash HogFB. Don't wait, guys. This offer won't last. Hi, I'm Coach Tony Schiffman, and welcome to the Hog Football Podcast, where we talk all things football and all things offensive line. Today, I've got Coach Dan Blackburn with me. Coach Blackburn has spent 14 years coaching with 11 of those at Freeport High School and the last three at Aquin. I always forget how to say that. Aquin. Aquin High School. I'm a, I'm a, it's, it's been a long day already at Aquin High School. Uh, many, many times. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, spent a lot of time at uh, Freeport as the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. And now again, is going into his third year as the offensive coordinator, offensive line coach at Aquin high school. So coach Blackburn, what's going on? How are you? Not much. Uh, I'm just, you know, enjoying some remote learning from home. Just kind of wrapped up the school day. Uh, you know, beautiful day. Just it is hanging out with the, the kid and doing some of his work with him. And, uh, you know, just going about my day here. It's trying to adjust to this new world. We just got sent to remote here at the school I'm teaching at Freeport High School. So kind of getting that adjustment period down a little bit. Yeah, it's, I, I know a lot of people, you know, I, I'm thankful that I get to do these podcasts with all you guys, you, you know, a bunch of great coaches, but I'm, I'm, I'm personally getting sick of sitting in front of the computer screen every day. So I, hear uh, you. I mean, it's, it is getting a little looking at the screen, but you know, there's a lot of good, good ways we can still connect and, you know, sure. Like, podcast that you're doing and you know it's awesome to just sit and listen to guy talk ball and you know all the things that you do on the hog football on twitter has just been an amazing networking tool for me and i've picked up a lot of things from just doing all that so we're i'm definitely greatly appreciate all the things you do well i appreciate you saying that coach and you're you know you're you're definitely one of the good ones i always enjoy having conversations with you about about anything and and you and i actually you know, not to get too far off subject, but you and I have that other strange connection, whereas you went to college and had a lot of courses with one of my best friends for my entire life at, at Western Illinois. So that was, we found that out, I think, two two years ago, three years ago, we, we were having that conversation. Good old Scott Germerod, yeah. We oh, yeah. Had some good moments in class, you know, I can't say we were always uh, paying attention <laughs> as much as we should have, but you know, he was a good dude and uh, he was, you know small world when you can connect with people you know all over right midwest and you're bumping into each other so you know he's a good dude and we had a good experience down at western yeah yeah he's we definitely get still one of my best friends so yeah. um all right we'll get into the, some football stuff now i know that's what everyone kind of wants to hear about but uh you know you've been coaching for 14 years talk to me a little bit about how the offensive line played an important role in some of the the, the good teams you've been a part of um i mean it's 
we kind of were building that. Um, let's, I'll just go back to my most recent years here at Aquin. Sure. You know, uh, our first year when we got there, a couple of us guys came over from Freeport. Uh, Brock Kunder, the head coach there, brought a few of us on. And, uh, you know, we were just kind of in the, the mindset that we were trying to build. Uh, we were pretty young. So, you know, I focused a lot of my attention and energy on some of these guys that had played a little bit of sophomore. So we got my hands on a lot of them. They were basically junior heavy with even a couple sophomores that were playing. So from day one, I knew is we were going to have to just hammer home some of the things that we really wanted to implement in our offense and especially on the offensive line. So, you know, we spent a lot of time there. Uh, you know, a lot of the time or a lot of the success we began to have in year two was those guys just really buying into the weight room too. And, you know, when we were shocked at rolling out there, you know, for day one, for, you know, some of the, for the summer camps that we went through, the guys just picked up everything and remembered a lot of the concepts and the terminology that were used. So, Right. Uh, to keep it simple, obviously up front, using a lot of the same terms, you know, combo names. They were picking it up day one. So we were just blessed to have guys that were you know, literally like a sponge. They picked up the things that we wanted up front. Uh, and we just we built built off that and we're, you know, we're able to have a good, successful season last year. So, you know, it's, it's just always been about basics. The right. kids get a little got a little tired when I would say, all right, here we go. Bird dogs, you know, just some of the basic footwork things we did literally every single day right where you know I felt like we could do a lot of these things in the game you know in our sleep so I tribute to them they didn't always like it all the time but they came with a good attitude and they did what I asked and you know, I think it paid off so it was just I got a good group and you know we were able to develop a great rapport so just it was, it was a good experience so far yeah and, and that that's so important though I think is that I, I mean, even now we do those little things every day. And, and I think it's so important to those guys and they might not value it right away, but especially when you get the guys that are maybe going, trying to play at the next level and, and, and really going through their careers, it's going to be, those are the things that they're going to be so important to them because it's, it's, it's almost like muscle memory when, when you get down to it and they can do it with their eyes closed and, and, you know, their hands tied behind their back. So I think that's the important stuff that's often over, overlooked, but too often, um, and I know you know you're you're on social media a lot. We see a lot of these offensive line, quote unquote, trainers or coaches that are doing all these weird, stupid things yeah. that are not benefiting anybody. And you know, we as you know, that's why I like some of the you know, I'm not gonna pick any one. You know, I I love Latrell's Bentley stuff. I like Scott Peters stuff. I like what a lot of those guys do and there's little bits from each of those guys, but it's all simplistic stuff. It's not overcomplicated. And that's the thing for the offensive line. I think that's important is that too many guys try to overcomplicate it. And, you know, you're, you're not doing that. And that's probably why you guys have the success you have because they are getting things done simply and understanding it the way they can. Absolutely. And, you know, that's a, like I mentioned, just tried to hammer that home. You know, I've always tried to, Pick anybody's brain that I could potentially, you know, talk to, whether it would be clinics in person when we were allowed to do that, right. uh, you know, social media, just anything. And, you know, I, a lot of times I find out that a lot of things that people are doing are, you know, very similar to what we were doing. So it kind of just, you know, made me feel like, okay, we're doing this correctly and continue to do it and right. hammer home details. You know, being at a small school that I am right now, you don't always have the great resources to, 
necessarily film things all the time, but you know, a lot of times maybe we'd get a, a just a guy who maybe was dinged up or whatever. Sometimes even myself, I would just sit back there and grade or not grade, but film with an mm -hmm. iPad or whatever, just so we can continue to watch those little things. You know, how are the steps looking? How is the hand placement? You know, and that's one thing I felt like we've always, I thought that a decent job, even at Freeport too, is we've always got better. And, you know, we'd always have coaches, even at Freeport, when we were struggling a little bit, thought that we were always well-prepared and well-coached. And I attribute a lot of that too, just we grade all of our game film and we'd go through it, you know, thoroughly and just talk about every little single thing. And right. I wasn't usually, I wasn't a prick with it, but I just was, I always told the guys day one, you know, I'm not a big screamer and yeller at guys and, you know, don't believe in that, but just said, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, if you're not getting it done, you know, on my grading scale, that's, it's going to be a minus. So I mean, right. here's what you need to do to get that to be a plus. And you know, obviously being a teacher first, you can take a lot of things that you do in the classroom and translate it to the football field. You know, I'm going to tell you why this wasn't correct and we're going to help you get it corrected. So right. I've always been a big believer in that and the film grading. And I think it's paid dividends for us because you progressively see guys throughout the season, their grades slowly, slowly just going up, going up, going up because they're taking care of those things that we hammer all the time in film. Right. And it, and again, like we said, it, it makes sense to them because things are simple. Mm -hmm. uh, you you kind of talked a little bit about, you sort of alluded to it, you know, you went, you were at Freeport and then I'll go into, to, you know, the smaller school. Talk to me a little bit about that transition. Was it was it difficult for you going from the you know the smaller school to the, to the or the excuse me the larger school to the smaller school and 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 some of the challenges you might have had with that transition? It, it was a little challenging at first because obviously you were, I mean we weren't blessed with you know crazy you know ridiculous numbers of 70, 80 guys that sometimes we we saw on in the Nick Nick nine Nick ten when let's say Boylan was rolling and they won back to back state titles and the right. You know, early part of the uh, 2010s, that decade. Uh, you know, obviously, you, you still have way more numbers than what you do when you're talking 1,200 kids to 100 kids. I mean, we're tiny. Um, so it was a little bit of adjustment period, knowing that you're not going to have depth. And we were blessed to stay uh, healthy last year. We didn't really have any guys up front go down. Uh, but knowing, you know, when I was at Freeport, it did go down. It might not have been uh, just an outstanding backup, but you knew you at least had three, four guys that you could put out there and feel somewhat comfortable with. You know, and a lot of times at the smaller school, if you get an injury for a guy or two, you're you're dipping down into sophomores and sometimes even freshmen, which you don't really want to do. Obviously, for a you know a, a just a health standpoint, you don't want to throw guys out there that aren't physically ready. Right. So we were we were blessed that we've stayed healthy, but and that's always the big challenge. I think a smaller school ball is just staying healthy, whether it's up front or any, really anywhere, any position. So just not having the depth um, was something that was a, a big eye opener. I mean, we'd have decent scout teams when we were at Freeport, but you know, your scout team looks aren't always the best when you're having to go, you know, against freshmen and sophomores. So you kind of got to tone it back a little bit and find ways to get creative to, do what you need to do in practice. So right. me, a lot of the higher quality reps were usually just good on good for me with the old line. We may go half line things and work some of our better guys against each other. Cause you know, when you're going, you know, your best senior offensive lineman against a freshman, you're not getting a quality rep and you don't want to hurt guys either. So we don't right. put guys in that situation where they're matched up. So 
I would say just practice wise, you're not having the amount of bodies and good quality scout team reps. So, but I think we've done a good job of, you know, giving our guys good looks. And like I said, individual and group periods, we a lot of times we'll go good on good to see what we, if we can get better, better looks. Right. I think that's often, those are the things that you kind of, as, as a coach, you sort of at a bigger school, you, you take for granted, like, you know, Hey, we can go a full scout team period here. We can, we've got, you know, we're not going against, like you said, sophomores and freshmen on the the scout team. We're going against starters and, and, you know, top backups. And those are the things that when you go, you know, I know from my own experience going from Rossview to Fort Madison, uh, you know, there were a couple of times, don't, don't tell anybody, but there were a couple of times where we had to be the scout team offensive line. I mean, we would, it's not like we would pad up or anything, but we would just be a body there. And, and, you know, I, I, I could still snap a football. So I would play center and kind of just get in the way a little bit. And it, it was needed to get done so that we could give our guys a good look. But it's, again, those are things that you take for granted that just aren't there for you when you have those smaller numbers and, and, you know, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to adapt to and, and, and uh, get used to, but there's so many other schools that do it. And, you know, I look at, you know, you're, you've been around, you've been in, obviously coaching in Illinois for a long time. You, you've seen those one, a schools that win state titles that have like 25 kids on their roster. And it's like, how in the hell do they continue to do this year in and year out with just nobody? Um, but, you know, they've obviously figured out a way to do it and they're successful in, in, in that, in that path. For sure. Yeah. Just a lot, you know, great traditions. I mean, these kids grow up even, you know, the lower, lower number schools just grow right. and breathe that, that program. And, you know, they can't wait to be for us. They couldn't wait to be a Bulldog. So it was a lot of those kids, that, you know, you're hanging around forever. So right. just blessed to be around um, great families, great kids that, you know, We'll do whatever we ask so it's been been awesome so far so right part of uh, the 1a the small school ball and that close-knit kind of feeling is pretty cool and pretty special to be honest right and and that's it really is it's it you know i always look at i i i obviously spend a lot of time in illinois as well as a high school coach and i always look at like the thing that i always love is two twofold there's there's nothing better than Saturdays in October and November when it's playoff football. And I always look at those pictures of like the small schools where the, the entire community is lined up around the fences and, and watching the game. And that's to me is always awesome to be, yeah. to see. And, 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 you know, I've never got to experience that for at the small school level, but just being able to, to, to see that must be pretty awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, we, you know, it was fun. This uh, we just missed out our first year in 2018, where you know we needed to win our last game, and we were going against an undefeated team that was having a heck of a run. And we took them literally down to the last possession, where we had chances to uh, score and potentially take it to overtime. And we we missed our opportunities. So I mean, we had guys that were hungry, but yeah, it was pretty cool to get there uh, this past season. And you know, we had a, a second round playoff game up at Stockton, which, you know, Aquin Stockton for small school guys is a old school rivalry that, you know, dates back for many, many years. And sure. for me, it was pretty fun. It was just personally, it was really cool because uh, my second cousin actually played for Stockton. Um, got a lot of family up in that area. Okay. 
No, it was just pretty neat, uh, you know, going against some family up there on their field. Like you said, there was people wrapped around the field. You know, we brought a lot of people. They obviously brought a ton of people. So it was just two teams with a lot of great tradition going at each other. It was just, it was a really fun experience. So Yeah. And that's, and there's, and again, I'll, till the day I die, there's, there's nothing better than IHSA playoff football, in my opinion, but that's, that's just me. That's my, that's my choice. That's my opinion. No doubt. Yeah. I've, you know, as a coach and just spectator, I've gone to big school games, you know, I just, when I was younger and had more time and freedom, when I, was right. young, I would go check out playoff games in the suburbs. You know, I would, I drove down to Morris to check out games. I went into Lake Zurich, you know, just went all over checking out games and just seeing what was like, what were these programs doing? Right. Was there anything that I can do to bring back to my school where I'm at. So it's, it was pretty cool just to go check out all these different schools and different communities and what they're doing in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the other thing that kind of jumped out of me at your bio, and this is something that's, that's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, you spent one year as the sophomore head coach. Talk to me a little bit about how, I know from my own personal experience, how much fun it was. Talk to me a little bit about how much fun you had and, and some of the things that may, maybe some struggles you had at, at, at you know, at that time and, and some things that you guys were able to do at that level that, uh, you know, maybe helped translate over to the office, to the, uh, the varsity. Oh, it was a fun experience. I mean, I was still learning. I, I think going back at like some of the years have just kind of jumbled in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I believe it was my third year. So I had a great opportunity to learn my or maybe my second year i can't remember but you know i had learned just from a couple guys that actually coached me who were coaching at freeport they were guys who at aquin uh, won a state title in 2005 and they weren't coaching at the time and the head coach at the time asked them to come over to freeport so i'd got the opportunity to learn from those guys quite a bit but yeah there's the one here i mean we actually had a really good group at freeport that year i think we finished five and four six and three you know, we had some freedom to open it up and do the things, I mean, similar to what I do now, but it was watered down quite a bit. Right. We've expanded what we've done, but a lot of the base things, what we're doing past game wise, we, we had put in there and the kid, it was just awesome because, you know, the kids were just outstanding to work with. And, you know, I'm still pretty close with some of those guys that are now into their, I guess, probably mid twenties, it would be, or mid to late twenties. Um, yeah, we, we had a lot of fun and, you know, we're doing some things against some of the Nick 10 schools that were really successful and we, you know, had a blast doing it, but mm -hmm. it was, you know, figured out how to coach a little bit. And when you're, when you're the guy that having to call the play, it's a little different, you know, instead of just being the guy who's a position coach and you're giving tips or suggestions during a game, now all the pressure's on you to call that play and get it in on time and, right. and make adjustments and seeing what teams are doing. So yeah, it was quite the learning curve, uh, you know, just trying to do what we could to put guys in a place to be successful. And literally right after it, uh, a couple of guys stepped away and then they asked me to go from that, you know, I was calling plays as the head coach to varsity offensive coordinator. So it was a big step up. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you, I, I can't say I was ready, but uh, it was a heck of a learning experience. I was going to say the experience itself is, is, is second to none because you get to, you're calling the plays you're you know you're you're in charge of making sure that the defense makes the adjustments and you're in charge of making sure that the personnel gets adjusted so it's it's definitely good for 
anyone's resume. Um, you know, if they're, you know, young guys getting into the game, young guys that are, you know, trying to climb that ladder, be your freshman head coach, be your sophomore head coach, because it's going to get you that experience you need when you eventually get that opportunity to be the varsity head coach or, or you know, climbing that ladder. So I, I, you know, I definitely cherish my time. And we had some good, fun teams and some fun times calling JV and, and playing JV football. So um, it was a lot of things. I mean, a lot of the, you know, I, I like to do some of the goofy gadgets and things sometimes. Oh, yeah. Things you you probably wouldn't dare have think about doing at the varsity level. You say, hey, what the heck, you know, we'll throw it out there you know, at the beginning of the fourth quarter and see if this goofy play works. And, you know, it's just, it was fun to do a lot of different things. And, yeah, you know, I, it was, I had, a, I had a blast doing it. So we, we had one year at Springfield High School. We had a very talented JV team. Mm-hmm. And we opened every game with a trick play. And it, it like, it progressed. So like week one, it was like the the bounce pass. Week two, it was the bounce pass throw. Week three, it was the bounce pass throwback. Um, and so we'd open every 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 play with a trick, every game with a trick play. And then we would, if we would score on the opening drive, we would onside kick awesome. every time. So I mean, we were just we were just having fun. It was it was me uh, and another young guy, and I can't remember who was calling the defense but it was a, a relatively young young group of guys and i mean we were just it was a ball it was a blast so um those were good times for sure you know it's just nice to have some freedom and nice to learn and you know, yeah then when you do stupid things it's nice to have your upper level of you know varsity coaches the head coach really back in then when you're doing too many dumb things so no, yeah it was exactly. you had a good time it was fun good you know, last question I've got for you, and this is the the one that gets everybody, but if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys you've coached, guys maybe you played with, or guys that you're a fan of, or, you know, you still are a fan of or were a fan of when they were playing, who would be on that five-man offensive line? Um, I am always loved uh, Orlando Pace, so he was a guy that I really love, and being a, you know, I know he spent some time with the Bears mm-hmm. a little bit. He wasn't very good with the Bears, but uh, I I liked him. That was a guy that I feel like should be up there. Willie Rofe is a dude that um, I I really like. Um, I'm a diehard Bear fan, so it's hard to go against Jimbo Covert and guys like that. Okay. So I'll throw him on there. I know maybe he's not as probably high as – you know, so probably wouldn't be on most people's, but I've always appreciated that. And I've always gone back and watched old Bears games, and I had like the '85 season on tape. So just watching some of that, I mean, obviously, really good offensive line back then. Um, uh, geez, I know I'm forgetting some. Yeah, you put me on the spot here. I know, I always do. You're not the only one. Don't worry. I will, t- I will tell you two things. The Orlando Pace has probably been mentioned by 75 to 80% of guys that I've asked. And I, that might be truthfully, and I've, I've interviewed quite a few guys at this point. Yeah. That might be the first Willie Rofe me- mention. Really? I, I, I'll have to go back and listen, but I, he definitely is a very underrated. Well, I mean, he's the Hall of Fame now, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed watching him. Yeah, he was, he was a, definitely a dude for sure. I had really loved Joe Thomas. Uh, I've always been enamored with Wisconsin offensive line play. Mm-hmm. I mean, just with me, us being close to, I mean, we're an hour 15 from Wisconsin. I mean, I would go up and go watch spring ball when 
you know, the times where they let coaches come in and sure. I was always just had my eyes glued on that Wisconsin offensive line. So yeah. I'm not really a Wisconsin fan per se, but I love good offensive line plays. So Joe Thomas is a guy that's up there for me. Um, and I'm drawing it. Why am I having a brain fart? The guy from the Bengals. Um, oh, Anthony Munoz. Yes. Munoz. Duh. Yeah. I, I was having the picture and everything in my face, but I couldn't <laughs> think. So he's gotta be up there. I mean, he's, I would think probably most people probably have them on their list. So there you go. So I would say four ones that were probably on some and Jimbo Cobra, probably not on many, but I just, I'd love to, I love the Bears offensive line that they had back in the 80s. Oh yeah. Tough, tough dudes for sure. Yeah. Well, coach, I appreciate you coming on. Do me a favor before we get you out of here, drop your Twitter handle um, and any, anything else, any other information that you might have. But uh, Twitter handle, I have to look at it, but I think pretty, pretty simple, straightforward, just at Dan Blackburn. So Dan, D-A-N, obviously Blackburn, B-L-A-C-K-B-O-U-R-N. So yeah, uh, I mean, I'm always on there looking to pick the brain of anybody and everybody who's willing to share. So I love talking ball and just appreciate the networking opportunities that Twitter has given us. It's been awesome. And met so many good guys and learned a ton. I'm learning a lot right now about wide zone via coach Caduti uh, down in Tom Ball down in the Houston area. Mm-hmm. You know, he's deep into his season right now, but we, you know, we were able to sit down a little bit in the summer and talk a little bit. So just, I'm trying to learn and expand a little bit more about the wide zone currently via awesome. the, all via Twitter and the hog football hey that's that's what it's there for it's it's a it's been great to to network and get all those relationships built through twitter so i absolutely agree so yeah well coach i appreciate you coming on uh you know best of luck to you hopefully in the in the spring when you guys are playing and uh looking forward to to talking more ball with you down the road absolutely i appreciate you having me having me on i really do so you have a good day all right we'll see you coach take care Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe, and you can find previous episodes on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform.